You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. Uh, I told you, Dan, I told you Fiji was going to be a tricky fixture. And sure enough, <laughs> in, the great, in the great tradition of, uh, of Wales's autumn nation's stutterings, this one is probably right up there, actually. But I tell you what, unplayable against 14 men. We're just so good at it. We are, and even more unplayable against 13. That's it. We're so good at grinding out results against uh, against 14 men, particularly if we have to play against them for large chunks of the game. Um, yeah, geez, wasn't a, wasn't an enjoyable one for me, that. I don't know what it was like for the neutrals, but I didn't particularly enjoy it. How about you? It probably was a really enjoyable game for neutrals, wasn't it? I, I, I assume. But yeah, I thought it was um, quite poor quality, really. Um, yeah, that, that's, that, that's definitely the case. I think... Generally, if I'm watching a game, if you're going into the last quarter or the last 15 minutes and either side could win it, that's, that's enough to keep me entertained. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's more about it being competitive than necessarily the, the quality of the rugby. But um, yeah, it was certainly that because going into the last 15 minutes, Fiji could have still won that. They, yeah, they could have. They could have easily, couldn't they? It was a really peculiar game. I. I found myself. I, I was sort of questioning myself, thinking like, I was thinking, who, 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 you know, who's played, who's played well, who's played badly, what's happened during the game, and I couldn't really. It just sort of went into a blur. Mm. I'm not sure whether it was was well, interesting that you you feel somewhat the same. I don't know whether we're uh, we're in the minority there or the majority, but I, I I just couldn't get excited by that game in 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 any particular way. Even when there was some, uh, 
you know, some end, some end to end stuff, really. It just yeah. didn't I mean, really it, grab it, me. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I, it's I don't really know. Weird. It, it was quite an exciting game. I think Sunday games never excite me as much for some reason. I don't know quite what it is. If Wales are playing on a Sunday, I can never get quite as excited as that feeling you get on a Saturday morning when it's match day and you're really looking forward to it and building up. And, um, and I don't Yeah, it could think, be part of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if psychologically it's because, you know, you win on a Saturday and you have a few drinks and everything, but there's just something about Sunday games that don't get me as excited. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was. Because like you say, there was loads that happened in the game, which we're going to get to the bottom of throughout the course of this podcast. We should say as well, we don't know where the mighty Murph is at the moment. So he may join us during this uh, during this podcast or he may not. So there we go. I'm, I'm looking forward to him perhaps joining halfway through and then repeating everything that we've that we've said in the first <laughs> half. But um, we'll see about that. I've made some, made some notes this week, Dan, as well. Have a look at that. Look at that. Very nice. We're on the back of an envelope. Um, so, yeah, some, some notes I was making during the game. The first thing I want to cover before we get on to the... Uh, the serious slash depressing stuff was BG's kit. I thought I thought it was a work of art, man. I loved it. The uh, oh hello, a talk of the devil. Here we go. The Murph is has entered the waiting room. Loves a kit as well, Murph, doesn't he? So perfect exactly. timing. Joined at the absolute perfect time. Let's see, he's connecting to his audio now. I'm looking forward to what uh introduction we get here oh here he is he's found a different a different room to the house and you're live on air caller oh my god what a <laughs> i'm just gonna plug my headset in excellent excellent stuff you've uh you've missed very little actually uh which is good we were saying we didn't know, we didn't know exactly which point you were going to join murph so uh we're glad you uh we're glad you joined at the at the start of the call we're just getting on to the serious stuff um which was the how beautiful Fiji's kit was. I don't know. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, but I, uh, but I rather enjoyed that. It was something about the game I did enjoy. Did you mention Wales's kit first? Oh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, there is a separate podcast dedicated. To that. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how long have been going? How long have been? How long oh, have been? I don't know. About about four minutes so far. Oh, okay. We've moaned. We've moaned about <laughs> Sunday games about why we couldn't get excited about the game in the first place. Um, yeah. And even though it was quite an exciting <laughs> game, uh, not, a, not a massively enjoyable one. And then I thought, well, let's, let's cheer things up. We're talking about Fiji's kit. But, yeah, um, it was a nice kit. Ev- everything about it was the classic uh, Wales against the inverted commas, second-tier nation, Ottoman mm. It was like the archetypal game, wasn't it? Um, just about got out of jail, load of changes, dodgy kit, and, um, and and that pretty much covers it. They're, they're all the essential ingredients that we normally have in that, um, you know, the inverted commas lesser fixture of the of the auto international or the auto internationals. The big difference being we didn't make 12, 13, 14 changes. So it was even less of an excuse, really. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, there, there was a, I suppose, there was a fair few plus the the host of injuries and uh, and whatnot that we're that we're supporting, but um, it wasn't massively different from the team that ran up last week. Yeah, not hugely. Um, what? Uh, well, let's just get your take on it, Murph. Gave the game as a whole, and and Wales's performance. Uh, well, you, you, there's a couple of things, I suppose. That, I mean, there's loads, there's loads of stuff to 
pick holes in. But uh, the two big ones for me is um, barring a red card, we probably lost. Yeah. I was just uh, saying before you came on air, though, no one grinds out a victory against 14 men quite as well as we do. Which, <laughs> yeah. Which is, yeah. What, is this the is that the fourth time we've done it under Pivak? It was two during the Six Nations. And of course, yeah, yeah. It uh, wasn't one of the Argentina games against 14 as well? Well, well we're in that era where, where high shots and cheap shots and anything around the Swede is just not tolerated, so it's going to happen more often, I suppose. But um, and the, the other big thing for me is um, uh, the passing ability in, uh, amongst very highly paid professional players is absolute shite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was weak as anything, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I felt like we lost we lost a few you know good few of the collisions going forward, which doesn't help matters. But there was there was very little to get excited about in the backs, with the exception of you know a very good finish from Alex Cuthbert, which was one of the you know one of the rare occasions where we didn't shovel it wide and get caught and then go again. And uh, you know a, an even more astonishing finish from Lewis Reece, Well, even more astonishing. Uh, set of wheels from Lewis Reece Summit. But yeah, generally the back play, there's just something's not quite right there. What's, uh, what What do you make of that, Dan? You're uh, obviously our, our resident backs expert. What, uh, what's going wrong for the, for the backs? Yeah, I think the, it's like we've said for quite a while, isn't it? The, the center, the center partnership just doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to work. I think there's a couple of, there's a couple of moments and breakaways that that we that we get away with now and again, but it's it's not cohesive in any way, is it? And it just just looks so so disjointed. Um, it's it's really I don't know. It's it's really sort of stop start. It doesn't look like they're they're comfortable out there, does it? it looks quite awkward, I would say. Really, yeah, um, I agree with all of that. And that yeah. was across across the across the whole performance, across the whole performance today. Really, it was. Um, yeah, I just couldn't. I just couldn't really get into it in any way. And I don't. I don't, it didn't seem like the players did either. Mm. <laughs> Murph mentioned the red card there, and obviously we've had a bit of a, a bit of a joke about it. But that to me was the easiest red card you will ever oh. see. Um, yeah, yeah. Barry tried his best to keep him on the field. If it wasn't for the TMO. <laughs> Yeah. He'd have got he'd have got a yellow for that, and you're right. I he, think we'd have lost that game. He would have, yeah. He was going to go yellow. I, I, was, yeah. That was it, that was staggering, wasn't it? it? It is amazing, though, isn't it? It's like right, okay. Uh, was was there force? Yes. Uh, was it was there a high degree of danger? Yes. Were there any mitigating circumstances? You know, the bloke was lying on the floor when he punched him unconscious. So, um, so yeah, maybe that's it. So he was very low. Unbelievable. I wonder if um, some of the other officials learned from the All Blacks game and decided to stop him doing a Raynal and talking him talking himself down from the correct card yeah and just said hang on hang on he's prone on the floor and he's been smashed in the head I don't those weren't his exact words obviously but that's what he had to bring a dose of reality back to the referee and then the referee's going oh yeah okay okay yeah it is red but we were saying the other week as well after the after the Raynal one that TMOs or you know sometimes TMOs have a tendency to kind of say something like, or, or maybe you should have a look at that. Uh, oh no, yeah, you were right. I thought that it was really good, strong officiating that just said you should definitely have another look at that. Have a look at that, and just plant. Well, not even plant the seed today. Basically said, 
you've got to you've got to send him off here and and thank uh, yeah and thank God they did because you're right I couldn't I can't see us getting that result had uh, had then had there not have been a red card. While we're on the Barry CMO, didn't question him, did he? Barry didn't question him when he when he when he chipped in. There was almost as if there must have been a little code, a little code word in there because he just <laughs> safe word, <laughs> yeah, some sort of safe word, yeah. Because he literally he, he didn't need to look at anything, did he? Just completely changed because he was obviously I don't know. It was just a complete U turn, which was a bit odd because he I, I couldn't believe how it was going to be a yellow. How he I, initially. I love the thought of there being a safe word amongst TMOs and just going, yeah, maybe you just want to have a look at that. Yeah, there, there may be uh, another uh, angle that I can show you that from, Feather Duster. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is code for, you might yeah. be fucking this up, mate. Yeah. His pager went off. And uh, that, was the little, that was the little clue. Yeah, yeah while, while we're having a little gripe about, um, about TMOs and officiating, which, you know, uh, I, I quite enjoy doing, um, to be fair, the, the the try that was chalked off, the first Lewis Rees-Samick try that was chalked off just before half-time. Um, now, they got to the correct decision with that eventually. But it's just one of those joy killers in sport, isn't it? Where you see a, a, a try running from 50 yards out, you get the excitement, the jump off the, the edge of your seat moment, only to get it taken away by something that, A, should have been spotted by the, the officials in the first place, and B... Why, why did they change that rule in the first place? Two years ago, the Rugby World Cup, that would have been, it's the, I think, it's the same as the, um, the one where he, he caught Bigger's um, penalty. If you keep it in, it didn't matter where you land. Do you remember like during the 2019 World Cup, there was people diving around all over the place, keeping it yeah, on? Yeah, well, the, the trouble was with this incident is Louis Rissamit started in touch. So yeah. it, it was just a complete cock up by the linesman in the first place and wasted like a lot of energy of a lot of the players running after something. It, it should have been like the, if the linesman hadn't seen it, the, the TMO was the one who flagged it up, but he should have called it back the first opportunity he got because Louis Rissamit took off from off the field and flip mm-hmm. and in the air then flipped it back infield. Yeah. So there was compl- there was nothing there was no grey area at all. It was just blatantly out of play. So, I I, I mean, you can be incited uh, with players and different things if you're a touch judge in that situation. But I, I, I don't know why you had to be checked. It was just blatantly out of play. Yeah, well, anyway, that's my, uh, that's my, my minor gripe um, out of the way. Um, going ahead to, to, to kind of look at that performance, and, you know, we've mentioned there the backs didn't, didn't fire this to me though feels a lot more like you know it's not a question of just getting selection right or anything like that it just feels like there's there are no kind of I think we said this last week there's there's very few units in that in the whole of the side that look settled you know there, there's a lot of a lot of disjointed combinations and even allowing for a couple of changes this week it doesn't it doesn't feel three games in like we're any closer to knowing what our, our best lineup is yeah, we're not, do we? We don't know. We don't. We don't know. We don't know what it is, do we? Um, you know, a few. It's a, yeah, different, different backline again, and yeah, we're just gonna have to. Uh, it's almost like we're rolling the dice again, isn't it, for the for next week again? Well, selection will be very telling, I think, next week. Like if he goes, I mean, I I, I don't want to pick on any individuals, but if there's certain people get picked again next week. It, 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 you, you're going to start to wonder what Wayne is looking at when he watches mm. his, when he watches his team play. Um, 
And I mean, I mean, uh, 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 obvious things like an outknock number eight are going to have to come back into the side to face Australia and stuff like that. But um, what he does in the centre and what he does at scrum half and different things is going to be very telling, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think the obviously there's there's a lot of fitness concerns, and I think we're expecting Thomas Francis to be unavailable. All right, um, because it was a because it was a head knock. Um, and then also, I think uh, Will Griff John is unlikely to be available for the same reasons, and uh, Will Rowlands as well. So there's some there's some pretty big enforced changes that are going to happen. But then, as you say, yeah, I think we're no closer to knowing what what we're going to do in the centres, really. And yeah, it's oh, I don't know. It, it, to me, like I say, to me, it feels a lot more than it's just then it's just selection. And actually, I want to tie it into kind of the bigger picture. This is a question that we've had in from Greg Sherrington. Well, not even a question, more of a statement, really. Um, yeah, kind of how do we judge Wayne Pivak's Wales of 20 games into the rain now, you know, kind of two years in? Um, do we feel do we feel like we're in good shape? Throw that one at you, Dan. It's a very, I think it's a very difficult question to ask. You know, to answer really, we've got a load of we've got a load of injuries, haven't we? And we've played a load of different different players. I guess have we? You know, we've exposed a lot of a lot of players to to international rugby and had a good look at a number of guys. If they, you know, if Pivak's going along the lines of we're we're strengthening the pool that we can pick from, um, and you know. We've got to win, you know, in this campaign, we've got to win against, we've got to win against Fiji, however it's come about. We could have and probably should have beaten South Africa, um, world champs, but obviously got walloped by New Zealand. It's, it, it could be worse, you know, couldn't it? It could be worse. But mm. what doesn't fulfill us with confidence, I don't think, is the fact that we know the, we know the side, or we probably know the second best side. And we, there's so much chopping and changing. And this has been a theme under Pivac, hasn't it? Of constant yeah. changing and picking odd, odd squads and odd, and odd players in, in, bizarre, in bizarre positions. Um, I think, Murph, you said it before when you Eddie, you know, Eddie does, uh, you know, some, something similar. Um, and it has cost them, isn't it? They should be, England, the best side in the world, comfortably. But, 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 they, but they're not. Um, so yeah, we don't know, we don't know what the best side is, but equally we have, you know, we have got a lot more options now, I'd say. So the thing thing I think is that I feel like if you compare it to the equivalent point in previous world cup cycles, we've had a strong core of the team there that you already know. And whether that's, you know, going back to, 2011 and you know the lead up to 2011 and knowing you had Alan Wynn there and you had um you had Mike Phillips and you had Adam Jones and Gethin Jenkins and these kind of players you know real world-class performers in their positions who you knew were going to take to the field I just feel like we haven't we're, we're nowhere near that at the moment I think other than Alan Wynn uh who you know as, as we know age is is not on on his side at the moment Ken Owens is in a, a similar bracket um, I, I mean, it's, I suppose it is difficult. You're right. There are, there are a hell of a lot of injuries because you could. The, the only area where I feel like there's there's that level of um, that level of competition and 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 depth of 
world class, well, of international class players in that back row. And, you know, where we could fill three amazing back rows. But outside of that, I think it, I think the rest of the side is so unsettled that there, it's, it's hard to build something around it. Do you know what I mean? Do, what do you make of that, Murph? Uh, there's a few things there. One is going back to the squad depth and people we've uh, sort of brought on or blooded or found or whatever. In the 20, after the 2019 Grand Slam, people were saying it was the strongest Welsh squad we'd ever had. Mm. Which, I mean, it's one of those sporting hyperbole thing where people say it's the best thing we've had. It's people who can't remember games from the 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s and all, all the other decades saying things about this being the best ever. We can't possibly say that because we, we don't know all the other players and squads we've ever had. But it was the strongest in in sort of short-term memory, should we say, mm. uh, in terms of depth. And so PVAC inherited that. And it was, aside from one or two retirements, which doesn't mean many, um, it is an aging squad, so there's a need to bring in younger players. He didn't have to unearth much. He didn't have to try everyone out. He could just bring in the ones who were good and let them get their natural appearances as time went on, you know, in the pecking order kind of thing. Um, and outside of that, I think the, I mean, uh, the chopping and changing the injuries will be disruptive, but I think 20 games in, although there has been some good performances in this year's Six Nations, generally across those, those 20 games, it's not, I, it's not completely clear what the style of play is behind. Um, it just seems to be a load of blokes standing flat and trying to make breaks. Uh, now and again, in the Six Nations, maybe they maybe they keep their powder dry for the big games. I don't know. Now and again, you'll see you'll see. Um, a ba- <laughs> in the old days, they call a backs move. I think they call them launch plays, or God knows what else. Some other bloody label they've given them these days. You'll see them come out, and we do well when when those things are used and uh, and they're good ones. We, we go well from them. But it's through this autumn series, I haven't seen a backs move that I can remember. Uh, it's just crash ball and then trying to do something from the following phases, which are always broken up by the opposition anyway. So uh, this is probably, I know we're 20 games in, but this is probably the wrong time to ask how it's been going because they're not in a very good run of form at the moment. So maybe, uh, what did he take over? He took over after the World Cup. So yeah. Yeah, well, that, that would be two years. <laughs> would be two years. It's two, it's two years in, now. In a few weeks' time, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's at the moment. It, 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 it listen, we're in a hard. It's one of the hardest autumns we've ever been uh, fixtured. You know, we got the top three, possibly the top three, sometimes here teams, and a hard, uh, uh, an improving Fiji side. So it's probably hard to judge them, but. Um, it doesn't seem to be. I mean, just, well, look. If you if you want to be really cruel, the, the squad he picked in the first place was just garbage. Yeah, not just garbage. Not, not, not garbage is not the word. Not well thought through. Th- yeah, thought through. And then, as a result, he's picking players who us three probably don't think should be in the side. It's hard to disagree with that. Yeah, I, I think one that you're right there with regards to the the autumn being, you know, the autumn being a tough one, and 
you're also right with that point about us having short memories because you know obviously we sit here and you know compare things to the Gatland era. We had plenty of blooming awful awesome campaigns under Gatland. You know, we lost to yeah. we lost to Samoa the same year we won the Grand Slam. You know, yeah, not nearly every vintage. Yeah, nearly every year. autumn there's a, there's a there's a dire game. So it's, yeah. it's nothing new for us, but um, just it's just mainly the the selections just seem weird to me. That's all. Which is which is the biggest thing I think we've always said. You know, it's the thing you ultimately get judged on as yeah. a and it was as one a head of Gatlin, coach international level. One of Gatland's strengths, even when we even when we played like you know uh, strangers, you could kind of see a you could kind of see a selection policy following through. If you know what I mean. Yeah, there was a method in in it was a method in what in Gatland selection, wasn't it? That you, you you sometimes didn't always agree, but you knew okay, he's picked that guy to do this job against this side. It's Gatland's way; it makes sense. I don't think you can make much sense of of a lot of the, the a lot of the decisions and squad and squad selections and the pivot so far, can you? I also think I don't know what you boys think on the the body language as well of the players. So I went to Twickenham on on Saturday and the way in which the, the, the backs sort of, you know, the backs line up, position themselves, it's, it's, it confuses you just looking at, at their lineup, let alone before they've actually got the ball in their hands. Also the line out, the way in which they communicate before they enter the line outs, they look really, really tight, happy, um, you know, confident, not arrogant, but on, on, you know, really know what they're doing. And, I don't know whether it's just me, but they, we we don't look um, we don't look anywhere near that at all. No, um, I mean we're we're miles off where England are right now, that's for sure. But but well, look, we strange, don't look strangely, too, um, um, uh, under Pivac, I don't know how much just to do with Pivac or, or more to do with um, Jonathan Humphreys. The set piece is more quite often better than it was under Gatland. The the driven line out for a start. We didn't have a driven line out under Gatland. Yeah. The line out obviously Fiji weren't competing half the time today, so we, we ruled the line out. And the scrum scrum has been apart from against South Africa, mm. has been solid enough most of the time. So that's an just a, a flip side really of uh, what was happening before. Do you think with the driven line out though, the the way that this is refereed incrementally over the years it's just like you could be there for five minutes, not moving anywhere, and they still allow you to go again. It's another one of those things I'd love to just see get tightened up. If you're not moving forward straight away, bang, use, and let's just like because it's so boring. Like that, yeah. you know, fair play to um to Ryan Elias, by the way, who you know has taken some stick for not hitting his darts. And mm. um, we said that was an improvement last week, but a lot of it was front, you know, was ball to the front. Well, today it's, it's set up and that platform worked and he got himself two tries, which were richly deserved. And, you know, they, they'd obviously done some work there, but it's... Um, we needed it. Yeah, we did. You know, without, <laughs> without, without that, we couldn't really look like look like scoring. Not, you know, not, until, not until later on when yeah. things opened up and you had uh, uh, Louis Rees-Samit in a bit of space and what have you. But up till then, we didn't look like scoring our backs at all. No, and it shouldn't have been that hard to find space when you're playing against 14 and 13 men for yeah. large chunks of the game. It's uh, that's the bit that, that I think is really frustrating, and yeah. but you know I think that's why perhaps Halahola had such a good impact when it. Well, I mean it wasn't all good, but you know he made some eye catching breaks. Was at least I think he was kind of looking up and trying to spot the opportunity rather than just playing to a predetermined way, which. And again, you know, that happened under Gatland as well. I think in numerous occasions when things oh, yeah. weren't going well and we looked at it and just went, you know, you could hear 
jiffy moaning about it on Scrum 5 and just say players aren't scanning what's in front of them. Mm. But, but, you know, these things do go hand in hand with, uh, they go hand in hand with form. And right now we're, we're not in, we're not in very, very good form. It's just, are the foundations there to, to build on for, for the Six Nations and beyond? And we're going to be answering those questions after this very quick break. I'm just saying there before the break that you know the it's a question of whether or not things are moving in the right direction. If we rewind 12 months ago, Wales are having an even worse autumn, uh, admittedly against a uh, you know part of the the Amazon Cup or whatever we we called it in the end, uh, and then went on to go and win the the Six Nations. I think it's safe to say that looking at the form of some of the other some of the other home nations right now, it's going to be a very tall order for Wales to to compete in the Six Nations, uh, or am I just being too pessimistic? What do you think? Possibly slightly, slightly pessimistic. I mean, yeah, the Ireland, you know, Ireland had a cracking win, didn't they? England, England won at a canter against uh, Australia. They just made quite a few errors, which allowed, allowed Oz to sort of, you know, be within a couple of points of them, but they, they they could have won by 30 points and probably should have easily, but they just messed up a few things. Um, but we've, and, and obviously Scotland, you know, Scotland, uh, well, they lost by... They lost. They, yeah, they were in it for, for a good period of time, I would say. You know, there, there were opportunities, I think, on a... They'll be looking back at that, thinking there was an opportunity to win that game if they'd have played better in the last quarter. Um, obviously, beat Australia the the week before, so um, yeah, yeah. that will be an interesting gauge as to how Wales get on next week. I think that from if we to, to we we haven't, it's almost like we haven't fired, we haven't really fired a shot, really, and we've struggled. You know, the lineouts come under a lot of a lot of pressure, isn't it? Um, Yet, you know, yesterday was a little different. Scrum has been, Scrum's been all right, um, but not brilliant. And yeah, as, as you and Murph said, the backs we 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 haven't we haven't strung to get we haven't strung anything together, have we? Apart from a few moments of of probably individual brilliance, really. But we don't look like a collective unit behind, do we? And I suppose how can we when we're making changes all the all the time and players coming back from injury, maybe? So we. You know, pick pick the right pick the right players in 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 the right in the right positions and the guys that are on form and they you know they've had a good a good run of games and we could you know there's no reason why we can't go well in, into that Six Nations, but so that's the pot that's the pot that's the that's a positive spin on it. I would say. <laughs> yeah, and now it's my turn for the negative. Yes, man. <laughs> um, well, it just. Going beyond uh, just us, uh, we've got England and Ireland away this year. Yeah. So, um, you know, that obviously that's the hardest way round to, to win the Six Nations. Um, but uh, Ireland, obviously, very impressive yesterday. They, they got this thing where they can just suddenly, suddenly switch into very high intensity rugby. They haven't been playing that well under under. Uh, uh, Andy Farrell, um, I was going to call him. <laughs> I was going to call him Owen's dad. Um, 
but today they just you can see they all not today yesterday you can see they all just completely of the same mind and just totally intense for the full 80 minutes and i think the reason why they've been able to beat the all blacks three times in the last five years six years whatever it is is because they can do that they can just turn up on on their day and play completely focused and intense for the full 80 minutes and the reason why we haven't beaten the all blacks is we we're incapable of doing that we we can have periods of play where we're very switched on and very intense we can't be flat out for 80 minutes like that without falling to bits that's 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 one of my theories anyway the, the other thing is now that Ireland are winning all the time against um, three times not all the time against um, the All Blacks they come back to Wales and say we haven't beaten them since 1953 well until five years ago Ireland had never beaten the All Blacks mm-hmm. they had never beaten them the Ireland so it's not it's not you know it's not as bad as it sounds. This their first, the first three wins, uh, and your interview with uh, James Stafford recently, um, Jed, shows that we, we were quite good against them until oh. until not that long ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. When we started playing them, geez, yeah, we yeah. were all over them. If you want to go Donald. back to nineteen oh five, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, it's uh, let's go back to it. Come on, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's, it, it is a good point. The, the really interesting thing in there for me, Murph, is intensity. That's the thing, is I think you can really judge sides in big, in, intense occasions, how they fare up. And I think that was always the thing, is in Gatland's era, you knew when Wales hit a level of intensity, they were, all right, fine, we weren't able to beat New Zealand, but pretty much any other side in the world we could beat, and did. Um, and, you know, that's what led us to World Cup semi-finals and... Uh, grand slams and everything like that. Now, I haven't seen that yet from from Pivak's side. Admittedly, it's been a disrupted a disrupted time that you know it isn't necessarily comparable. But what we have seen is you've seen Ireland hit that level of intensity. Um, it's only I, I'm not sure I have seen England during the last two years do it, but we know they can do it. They did it in the World Cup to get to the to get to the final, and you know large chunks of that side remain the same. And you're even seeing Scotland hit a, a big level of intensity to, you know, to grind out a result against Australia and, you know, mm. even to a certain extent um, against England during the during the Six Nations and France. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it's really, really tricky. I just can't, um, I haven't seen that that level of, of really big performance. Um, no, but, and, and also, uh, you know, being, Joining in on the positivity mm. in previous autumns when um Ireland have beaten the the All Blacks, yeah. we've gone we've gone and we've gone and beaten them in the Six Nations when they've looked the one where they beat Ireland 16 uh, beat the All Blacks 16 9 at home, and it was the biggest 16 9 stuffing I'd ever seen because uh, yeah. the All Blacks were never in the game, yeah. we, they were you know red hot favorites for the Grand Slam and we everything pumped, else. We pumped them in Cardiff, <laughs> yeah, so. You know, rugby's funny like that, but uh... Uh, yeah, it is exactly. But I think that the the difference is is having that settled side, and mm-hmm. um, but again, you know, things things can change. Yeah, things things can change kind of very very easily, can't? Well, you know, or, or very very quickly, I should say. And yeah. and that's the bit that yeah, we're going to have to find something from somewhere because at the moment we don't really feel like we've got a style of play. You know, say so it was very like formulaic and just chipping things on, and yeah. And at the moment, you know, I I don't think any of us were really expecting that from a pivot side. I was kind of thinking, right, well, we might chuck, the, we might lose a lot, but we'll be 
you know, we'll be doing so with a fair By amount of losses. Vigor. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. The um the other thing going back to the uh, intensity, um, the island can suddenly switch into, especially on the big occasion against New Zealand and what have you. It's it's also when I say intensity, I also mean like uh, the way they are at the breakdown, mm. the, the ferociousness of them at the break time. We that's one thing we like. Like I say, there's periods when we can play with high intensity, but the ferociousness of the breakdown, like latched players, good all black level, top international standard latched players are just getting smashed up in the air and off their feet at the breakdown mm. with without incurring a penalty for diving in. Yeah. So so the, the so the intent and the technique that they're applying time after time after time at those breakdowns because let's be honest we were getting bummed by uh, in the in the all blacks game at that at, at that um, point of the game and and today to be <laughs> yeah, honest but we against south africa, the mile at the all blacks and uh, yeah against south africa there were enough penalties to keep us in it but real and you know but realistically it's been the yeah. breakdown's been a, a cause for concern i i just I just imagine that the all blacks looked at that analyzed that game and said that's not happening to us not the All Blacks Ireland I mean mm-hmm. they've looked at that game against us where they just got their hands all over the ball all the time and they've just gone that's not happening against us and they've just gone and smashed them I mean honestly it was I wasn't wincing I was I was jealous I was jealous of the Irish rucking that's something Ireland have always you know I've had in their locker for close to 10 years now isn't it you know we've yeah. seen it you know whether it's Leinster whether it's Munster whether it's whether it's Ireland you do get those occasions where they just they blow people away, and you don't you don't stand a sniff, and you get lots and lots of front football, and particularly yeah. particularly in Dublin, you know um, we've seen that we've seen that time and time again, and, and I you know actually I don't I don't think we've beaten Ireland in Dublin. I think I'm right in saying this since 2012. I think was the last time we beat them in the Six Nations out there. Really? So yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. Head. Yeah, I go. Yeah, I go there. Yeah, it is every other um, year, and I yeah can't remember a win at the moment. Yeah, you can't you can't remember half of them for various different reasons. Then. <laughs> um, Very true. But, um, but yeah, it's you know, so it's it's going to be a tall order when it comes to the Six Nations. You're right. That way round, England and Ireland away is is difficult. And um, I'm thinking, I don't think we've beaten England in the Six Nations. Uh, England in the uh, Twickenham in the Six Nations since 2012 either. So, no, yeah. so we saved it for World Cups. Yeah, well, that yeah, that is uh, that is something different. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know, it's going to be very very tricky. Dan, you were there yesterday uh, on a scouting mission, having a look at Australia. Um, anything to give us kind of reason for hope going into next week? They were they were poor they were poor against England. Yeah, but yet they they almost, at one point I thought. Are they gonna are they gonna put off a win here? Because they just hung on in the game. And England England were, were literally so much better, but off their 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 kick, they're like kick exits and things, and they made they made basic errors that just let them come back into the game. And it was all it was all England's faults, basically. They let them have a go, but they didn't really they didn't really fire 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 any shots. But I can't see them probably pay considering they were they ran England close I can't see them playing as badly as that really against against us and we're obviously not <laughs> you know there was an intensity to that game 
that I don't know, maybe it was because I was there in the ground and the atmosphere was, to be fair to England, you know, the atmosphere was really up there. It really was. Um, it's probably the only time I've enjoyed, I've had, well, it is the only time I've enjoyed going actually, because <laughs> obviously it's neutral, you know, I could just sort of enjoy it. Yeah, you're going with a different hat on, mate. It's a yeah, different Yeah, I actually it? enjoyed it, and I was I was smiling, and, and usually it's it's head on earth, isn't it? But you know, even when they're playing that song, which I can't repeat, but, and then everyone's up out of their feet. Um, the, the only one they've got. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they put on a great show. But they're going to be the way the way they turn sort of the way they turn into attack off like they just have a little sniff and they can turn something on they're quite loose aren't they like in a way they they you know fiji they turn sort of defense to attack very quickly so today could be quite a good you know could have been quite a good thing going in against them we we, we can beat them we, the, the, they are beat they're, they're beatable for us but i was I, gonna uh, say uh, it, um, <laughs> if we do beat them that, that puts a much bigger positive spin on the autumn oh yeah yeah, it really does, doesn't it? I think we, you know, we've got to we've got to get a win here, haven't we? It'll 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 give a huge amount of confidence to the side because I don't think they. Do you think they look confident? No, I don't at the moment. You're right. I think there's a lot about that that body language. It does look. Uh, things do look a bit flat at the moment. Yeah, and then, but that, it's a weird game, though, wasn't it? Again, because you watched them against South Africa, and there were certain points when. If not confident, it looked like they were enjoying being out there. You know what I mean? Like big, you know, big turnover from Ellis Jenkins or something like that. And it looked like they they didn't, I wouldn't have said the body language last week looked like a side who didn't think they could beat South Africa. But today it looked like the body language of a side that thought they might they might very well lose to Fiji. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean it's it's they are they are difficult. They can be a very difficult side, can't they, Fiji? You know, they, yeah, and... no, I'm not being funny, but in in two years' time at the World Cup, when they're fully loaded, yeah, Randrandra wasn't playing. Randrandra wasn't playing. Yeah. Um, they did, you know, Vern Cotter's, uh, you know, wasn't able to travel with them. There's a couple of other players missing as well. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, they'd, they'd have beaten us today if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the sending off, definitely. And I just think, yeah, they are going to continue to move in the right direction, Fiji. They're they're you know they're not a second tier nation as far as I'm concerned at all. Um, you know the the other Pacific nations is, is a different story, but Fiji are definitely not. Um, if you think about it, I, uh, I don't know what the layout of the pool games is, but they're in our pool. They always are. Yeah, and if they beat <laughs> us, which they they are going the way of a side that could beat us at the World Cup pool stage, and if they yeah. beat us and knock us out of the World Cup, it could end up with a nice little sacking in the car park again. It's good, yeah. It got a horrible symmetry to it, it? Yeah. yeah, it has. It has got a horrible symmetry to it, but yeah, they're they're a, they're a really really good side. And the other thing I think while we're looking ahead two years, I know we we do obsess over the World Cup to a certain degree, but Australia, I I, I agree. I thought they were they were they were pretty poor yesterday, but there are certain things in that side that you can see. The two centres are going to be class. They're going yeah. to be absolute class together. You can see that. Um, I mean, the halfbacks are hanging on. I, Nick White was excellent, and he's you know he's a really super smart player. I'm surprised that that James O'Connor is the is the first choice ten, and someone will step in and fill that void. Um, God knows, it might even be Quade Cooper is still in two years' time. But it's you know they yeah they targeted him quite heavily, didn't they? They came down his channel quite a lot. 
yeah it's uh, yeah and I, I just and you know at some point they'll find they'll find a couple of props but it'll, you know scrummaging will always be their weakness but you again i can see australia moving in the right direction even if we beat them next week i can see them going and having a good world cup because they're australia and that's generally what they do mm-hmm. so it's um yeah it's it's interesting time ahead i don't know just i think whereas i look at us at the moment i don't see those those kind of green shoots of of stuff Although that said, here's one for you. It was a mixed bag from Adam Beard today because I thought he gave away some daft penalties. But I think more and more he's becoming that imposing presence in the in the pack that is what we're going to need. Not just next week, but but generally, I think he's you know he's he's starting to show that um, that kind of real powerhouse stuff that that um that we knew he was capable of and we saw on the in the Lions tour. And look, today wasn't as big a performance as, as anything you put out on the Lions tour. But I just think it's it's there, you know, it's building and building and building. And getting that front five right is going to be is going to be crucial for us. So uh, there you go. There's a club of solace, a player who probably had a six out of ten performance. Um any of you boys want to help me get out of this rabbit hole? Well the only um uh, I know that you mentioned penalties with Adam Beer, but the only bit that really sticks out as a negative was that bit where a Fiji player waltzed in between him and Dan Bigger and said, yeah, him a try." That is true. It was mis- either miscommunication or, like, if if you're the back in that situation, you just want the forward to smash someone, and then you make a decision after that. But Dan, uh, Dan, uh, Adam Beard was being non-committal on who he was going to take, and they ended between them. They ended up taking no one. So um, other than that, you know, I mean, he just cleaned up in the lineup, didn't he? He, he is our best lineup forward. So hundred percent, yeah. Even if it's yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, lineup went a lot went a went a lot better as well, didn't it? Mm. Than you know, with with Alan Wynn out, he's yeah. You know, he's um, yeah, he's doing he's do, he's doing a solid he's doing a solid job, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, I'd like I'd like our set piece to be good from the start on one occasion. I know mm. I know we got this in when we start poorly, but just the set piece. There's no there's no need for the set piece to start shite and get better. It, it, like uh, there was um, camera angles of Jonathan Humphreys going mad when we scored from a driven lineout mm. and different things, and he's probably got a chip on his shoulder over the criticism they've received, you know, for their lineup. But why not have the lineup going well? Before we start playing against big international countries, rather than three games in, and, and, and in fairness, Fiji have not got much of a lineup, so it could go no, back then. to being awful next week. Well, yeah, I mean, next week again, you've got those two, yeah. you know, telegraph poles in the uh, in the second in the second row for Australia. You've also then you, there's going to be an enforced change for Wales. So my guess is what Ben Carter comes in there. Seeing as Seb Davis is now plying his trade as a reserve <laughs> yeah. back rower. Well, he, he, if he's one of Wayne's favourites, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts in the, he might, in the second he, round. He might start. He put in put in a couple of put in a couple of big hits, didn't he today? Like, is it Seb yeah. Davis? Yeah, yeah he put. Yeah, he, 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 couldn't um, get, he couldn't get near Pivak's squad until he suddenly started picking him as as a reserve back rower. Almost, you know, almost in a way that. So like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to admit that I've not got enough back row forwards in this squad. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to stick him on the bench. Yeah. It was a bit strange that uh, towards the end of the game, Seb Davis is on the flank 
and the incredibly mobile looking Chris Chunza. <laughs> he just, I mean, he looks so fast. Yeah. Uh, was in the second row. I mean, he does, he's, he still looks a bit bandy, if you know what I mean. For, yeah. Like, there's lots, lots to fill out on him over the yeah. period of the couple of seasons, the conditioning and everything. But, um, He's just much, much lighter than Seb Davis is. Yeah, I know it was a, that was that was slightly odd actually. But you know, everything about selection this autumn has been has been slightly odd. Um, let's so if, we get the, if we get the selection right, then Jess. Oh, well, now you're talking, Dan. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we should even select our side for next week. <laughs> yeah, well, ben, ben, Bench made an impact, didn't they? So. Right, let's get. I let's, know let's you're go. gonna have it. I know you, you, you boys are gonna have it at nine. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's let's get let's go for it. Let's start. Let's start in the front row, right? Uh, and bench nine, you know as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yes, that, I do. <laughs> um, all right, start in the front row. Um, Elias at two. Then, I mean, this this is tricky. I mean, I really want to pick Win Jones, but something's not right here. How you can go from being impressive on the Lions tour and, you know, everyone talking about his leadership and how he's a, you know, a quality scrummager to not getting in this side. Something doesn't add up here. I mean, he said he's not quite at full match fitness. If that's the case, why is he in the squad in the first place? There's something very, very weird about this. So, I mean, it was up to me. I'd I'd be picking him. Uh, Fortunately, it isn't. Um, Either of you two got strong thoughts about Lucid Prop? Well, if he's so, if he's so, fit, I I pick him de- absolutely straight away. Just to clear something up. What happened to Rodri Jones, who we thought shouldn't have been in the squad in the first place? Where did he go to? Don't know. Because he was the controversial one of the controversial picks being picked ahead of Nicky Smith. Who was Garrett? Is, was Garrett Thomas in the original squad? I can't remember now. Not to my not to my memory. No. It was three three loose heads. I don't think he was. Was he? And three tight heads. And it was it was. It was uh, uh, Wynn Jones, uh, Reese Carey, and Roger Jones, and, uh, and we were going. Yeah. So Gareth was a caller. What, what are they not seeing when they watch the Ospreys? Well, they're not seeing mm. Roger Jones because he doesn't get picked for the Ospreys. Um, so, and all of a sudden, Gareth Rowlands. Is it Rowlands? No. Gareth uh, Thomas. Thomas, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, I missed. The bit where he got called up, he wasn't. Yeah, so, so have I. I've, just, I've just gone back and checked. No, he's not. Which is, yeah, it's very. I mean, it's very strange because, yeah, I mean, look, Nick, again, if it if there is a problem with Win Jones, then my next choice would be Nicky Smith, who's not in the squad. Yeah, well, I mean, Reese Carey carries on. If he's not going to pick Win Jones, Reese Carey yeah. carries on, and uh, and. Um, uh... But I mean, this is mad, isn't it? Because this is one area where you can you can really get to Australia. Particularly because they got slipper playing on the wrong side of the the wrong side. I know he had a couple of scrum yeah. penalties yesterday, but generally, you over the years you back yourself to to give Australia a hard time at at the scrum, particularly if they've got a couple of injuries. Yeah. And you know, Win Jones is good at scrummaging. That's his thing. That's what he's into. Um, I find it odd that he's that he's not playing. And you know, as much as I'm an admirer of Reese Carey, he's he's he struggled in an international scrummaging. So. Yeah, but they did. He did throw him in against the strongest scrum in the world. It's not like it was his first cap, though. You know, he was. No, no, he, no. Yeah. I didn't mean throw in. I mean, people are people are going to say about Greece Kelly scrummaging, but he was up against the South African. Like when when it was the the other countries, there was no problem. Um, 
don't know. I think you go back to Six Nations 2020. Yeah, he had a bad time time against Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He Uh, will only... um, he is only going to get better, though, isn't he? Playing against, playing in those big, those big, big games. I don't know I, if I, you can. I don't know if you can learn your. I mean, you, you obviously you I are going to you are going to learn it, but it feels to me like it's it's something that that part of his game needs to get ironed out at, at club level, right? I don't know it, the first thing about scrummaging, but the other know, thing I'm is just basing with, this on on you know on previous players. The other thing is with Carey though in the front row is that this the this, this, this the boys who are playing second row with him he doesn't play with at club so. Mm. On the scrummage in second rows, mm. it's, it's 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 a it's a new um, it's like a new format. It's like a new scrummaging formation for him, for him behind him. I think he's mm. his, would he have a flanker? Would he plays with the Blues. Ellis Jenkins, uh, uh, Ellis, yeah. Ellis but Ellis has been away obviously for a long time. So it's kind of it's all new, isn't it? Um, because you, you you know they talk about scrummage in second rows. Oh, he's a fantastic scrummage in second row, or he's not. You know, he's he's there for something else. But um, yeah, it's just something. I, I you know he's well. It, it, if Thomas Francis doesn't get over his um, uh, concussion, like we're really because when uh, Wilgriff John went off, I, I don't know how serious that's going to be. I think it's another HIA. So yeah, what happened there? Did you? I didn't see it, but um, I think I think it's another it's another knock that's going to just just the just the time you know the the precautions on it will keep him out. If, so, I mean, if we're going to go after him in the scrum, like you suggest, which I would as well, then mm. you, you would go uh, Win Jones, yeah, Thomas Francis, Will yeah. John on the bench, and Reese Carey on the bench. Yeah, um, two, two that, of them aren't going to be there. That would we be could much do without Will that, John. Well, you know, yeah, even if they were there, that would be much too logical for Wayne. And he'll mix it up with some Mavericks like Tompkins on the tight head or uh, freaking Josh Adams playing hooker or something, you know. So, um, but that's that's what we would do. I, we would just go he- heavy scrummaging against them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, you know, you saw it in the. Uh, yeah, oh, I keep talking about, I keep harking back to Gatland, but you know, you would see those occasions where he'd pick, um, he'd pick Paul James at, at loose head. Over yeah. over Gethin, who obviously was one of the, yeah, he's one of Wales' all time best players, and he was a big favourite of Gatlin's. Mm. But on those occasions, only ever against Oz, James mm. would get the number one shirt because you felt like there was such an opportunity to do a number on them. Yeah. Um, all right, that said, pick, picking the bones out of this, um, realistically, I think we're going to end up with a front row of Reese Carey, Dylan Lewis, and Ryan Lyle, something. Well, only because Dylan Lewis is the last man standing. I think if yeah. either of the others recover from the concussion, they're going to start. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I agree with that, but I'm working on the basis that neither of them are. Well, so who's the call? Who's the call up for the bench then? I mean, what have we, have we got left? Um, well, who, who in Samson the, Lee. In the past, it's been Leon Brown. Leon Brett, Leon's still injured, isn't he? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Samson, Samson Lee. <laughs> That's all I can think of. I mean, he's, I know we'll get to do it. Rodri Jones, probably. Yeah, he yeah, played both sides. He's covered three before. Yeah, he but he, I don't know what's happened to Rodri Jones. He hasn't featured this in this whole series so far. So uh, doesn't mean he won't next week. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I yeah. So I I say unfortunately I think we got to work on the basis that both the first choice tight ends are going to be out, and it will be Dylan Lewis. Um, well, I'm hoping Thomas Francis is precautionary today to make sure that he's available okay. next week. 
All right. Hopefully, hopefully. I like that, Murph. You yeah. brought me around, Dr. Murph. Right, tell us, Francis, it is. I'm, I'm after this positivity crown off Dan, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you've got, you've got some way to go. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Well, yeah, let's let, all right, let, go on then. Let's let's look on that side. We have Thomas Francis um, and Ryan Elias. And what are we saying? That something's up with Win Jones, so he's not going to get the pick. Well, nothing's been said officially, so I don't know. All right, fine. We're picking him. It's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. We're picking him. Yeah, fine. There it is. If he's, he hasn't been declared injured, so why we're picking him, yeah. Bang, he's in. Um, second row, obviously Adam Beard starts. Will Rollins won't be fit. So it's, what, Ben Carter, I think? I think I think it's Carter. Has he had any minutes? Yeah, he has. He came on oh, yeah. against yeah. someone, South Africa maybe? Yeah. Or New Zealand, I can't remember. Hmm. Um, he's generally been, yeah, yeah. He would have been, he would have been bench cover against South Africa and came on, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, I would. I personally, I go Seb Davis. He's got more experience, and this is the game. This is probably the one that they think they had a sniff of, and so more experience on the pitch. I would go yeah. for. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with Murph there on Seb. He's had more more game time over this period than I thought you went. Uh... Jed is disgusted. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought you went. Uh... Oh, just for that, Dan, you can edit this podcast tonight. <laughs> Quietly well. Oh, geez. <laughs> and if it's ready in time for next week's. Yeah. All the better. Yeah. It's it been be a major bad. technical any... issue. <laughs> I haven't said anything too stupid this week, so it should be okay. No, normally I do. I do very little editing, um, but... It just yeah, it just takes a while. And if you've ever seen Dan try and use you know, any <laughs> item of technology, but uh, it's not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, fine. Seb Davis, it is back row. We might, I believe, is going to be fit. So he, 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 he comes in at eight. Yeah. Yes. Ellis, so, I think, yeah. has to play. Yep. Yeah, I'm probably captain. Yep. We'll come back to that point. Um, okay. do, you, do you stick with Basham or do you look at someone different? Justin Tibrick, I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all like Justin Tibrick, yeah. Josh Navidi, I'd also like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, he's, he's a big fan of Basham. He's played every game, though. That's the only trouble. He's, he's yeah. played all, every, every minute nearly of every game. Um, so if he's fit, I suppose he'll go again with him because he, he's obviously keen on him. But um, it'd be no harm in Thomas Young getting a, another go. It'd probably suit him more with a, uh, the Australian side. Mm. But um, I mean, they got they got an amazing back row, Australia with Hooper. There. Yeah, they have. And uh, as for the yeah, we've you know, we've mentioned some brilliant names on the on the podcast. Geronimo De La Fuente, uh, the <laughs> the Argentinian centre was was one of the best, but. Bobby Valentini takes some beating as well, doesn't it? That is, and he is cool as you like. Just another one, just another one of those things that we'll be looking back. Even if we beat Australia, we'll be looking at them in two years' time, and he'll be he'll be starring for them. Um, well, he's already. Um, Cooper went off. Yes, yeah, he, he did. He did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd stick with Basham. I think just continuity. Go Basham, Jenkins, and yeah. Right. Got, he, he, what I will say is he got no change out of the Fiji defence today. No, no, that he did better against the All Blacks. Mm. He did, better. yeah. He got not a scrap of change out of the Fiji players today. So, um, 
he's, he's getting a run, so you just well, you know. Yeah, it's not a it's not it's a quick turnaround this one as well, isn't it? But yeah, you'd hope that the, it's easier for the twenty two year old than it is for um you know than yeah. it would have been for someone like John Fox, for example. But yeah, let's let's have a look at the halfbacks. Um Thomas Williams and uh and Dan Bigger for me. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Ants yeah. come on the bench. Ditto. Um, and Gareth and, Davis, and on, Gareth the Davis on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back to today, just because we're on the selection, Kieran Hardy passing blind from a scrum straight into touch behind Louis Reese Zamet. Yeah, it wasn't I, great, was it? That's not all on Hardy because Zamet was too flat. Mm. But that I, that that little one second gif if you if you did it on a loop that would sum up the Welsh backline today just flung straight into touch behind the player who was too flat in the first place yeah no that is about right actually um yeah I mean that's that's my half backs um and and the bench would be exactly the same uh right now we're on to the centers so stop what you're doing this could take a while um I don't think I, I honestly don't think is based on what performances we've seen in the three games so far. I honestly don't think there's much discussion there. Well go on then Halaholo comes in for me. Exactly Halaholo and Fit Day John the uh, Fit Fox if he's he obviously rested was he today? Presumably. Yeah so that's it. I mean the other the other two with Johnny Williams and Tompkins have had their chances and done next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Not if John line... Fox isn't fit Miff, who are you going with with Halaholo? Well you probably go with Tompkins only well Tompkins did make a break today, you know but Johnny Williams is yeah. no, I've never seen him in space. No. Um, yeah. It wasn't pretty. Never, was it? I mean, I, 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 in this series, I haven't seen him any space. Tompkins did manage to make a break late on in the game today, but generally against the first two uh, games, he he was n- no danger to the opposition really, um, and his distribution is not there. So I, I would go. I'll go John Fox on one leg. Yeah, I think I, I think he will be yeah. fit, John Fox, yeah. won't he? Um, That's quite right. So yeah, working on that basis, yeah, it'd be Halaholo and John Fox. Dan, any uh, any other thoughts? No, I see. Halaholo has to come in, doesn't he? I'd say. Um, and yeah, John Fox. John Fox, if if fit, for definite. All right, back three. Um, Liam Williams was man of the match today. I thought I was a bit harsh on Elias, to be honest. I thought he was, I thought he was, I, I don't know how you could give any Welsh back a man of the match during that performance. Um, I thought he was fine, you know, didn't do anything wrong. No. Neat, neat and tidy, but I just thought in a game as ugly, you know, as ugly as that. Um, it was Again, they defended Liam Williams very well, I thought. He was going for yeah. it all the time yeah. and they, they, they never gave him an ounce of space. So, um, it was, it was, it was a surprise that he got it because he scored the, the late try and and, and he had mm. been he'd been in the thick of it all the time, but he hadn't he, he certainly hadn't run rings around anyone. No, he actually picked up the award before that try, I think, um, if memory serves. But, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, impressive considering how long he's been. Uh, yeah, you know, he, well, he's been out, isn't he? Yeah, um, I know he's, he was great under the high ball and does you know but, all those things that you expect from Liam Williams um, yeah it should have been split between Elias though yeah he did as you said he had a great game great game um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, I think you, you have to stick with you have to stick with Liam. You stick with him at fifteen, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Definitely for me. And yeah. then the other ones, Josh Adams. I think you know, presumably, must be a doubt if he was if he was pulled out with a calf uh, a calf tweak today. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I've just had an extreme close up of Dan's eye there for some reason. I don't know what he's playing at and. But yeah, into the into the other options, I, I think you stick with Lewis Reece Samet for me. Yeah, and then Adams if he's fit and McNichol if he's not. Yeah, with a calf strain, I, I don't know how quick that's gonna, you know, especially for a flyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. There's two positions you don't want a calf strain. One is prop. Yeah, and the other one's on the wing. Mm. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be ready myself. In which case, I would go Johnny McNichol just because he's like a extra fullback as well on the pitch. I don't know how much of a kicking game Australia are going to go for, but um, it's still important to whoever you play against. So um, mm. I would go McNichol. Although I will say, when Cuthbert scored today, I was smiling from ear to ear. Mm. I was really pleased for him. Yeah. Uh, if he did play, he wouldn't. I don't think he'd be. You know. A, a, a terrible uh, selection if he did play next week. It shows you how much of a confidence sport it is, doesn't it? Because I thought it was actually something, some stuff that perhaps would have gone under the radar is he was quite happy to let his let his winger go outside him and back his pace still to cover him and make the tackle. And he did every time. And they're those things that, you know, when his confidence was shot, he was he was trying to do that and was getting fended and you know obviously picked up a hell of a lot of a hell of a lot of stick for it in the process. Uh, but the bit we've always known that he's been brilliant at is is finishing more than just more than just being physical. It's that ability to get over the try line and 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 score a try. You know he's he's so so predatory and he did that very very well today because I thought he had a, he had a hell of a lot of work to do to um, oh, to score that. I one. think only hit, only hit, only him out of our wingers would have scored that. I, I honestly. The, the shift of the feet and then how how powerful he is mm. because he hit he got hit hard didn't he really hit hard but he knew he was going to get hit hard and rode it really really well yeah which I think he's, um, he's massive isn't he he's a huge yeah. bloke so mm. yeah he did so well I was yeah I was really pleased for him as well I don't think he he wouldn't let us down yeah no I, I think that um, I think McNichol's been playing well though um, he has played well in the aerial... first two games. Like you said, it's that aerial. If they can ping it, they can ping it around, can't they? The, the yeah, and also he's a he's more of a footballer. So like, if he gets caught in the deep, it's no problem with him putting up an under in or sending you know across uh, kicking length on the ball. But if you get Cassie in that situation, mm. it's not it's not the same mm. level of comfort. Should we say if he gets stranded on his own in his own twenty two, having to field the ball, you know? Yeah, you want Cuthbert going forward, don't you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he's um, he's also got he's always got offloads in him, isn't he, McNichol as well? Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's a footballer. Would, he's got hands. Yeah, yeah, which should be Pivax. Well, we haven't seen the style yet, have we? But it, <laughs> that's the that, that's the the print, I think, isn't it? Mm. All right. So yeah, working on the basis that Adams is is unlikely to be fit, then McNichol, Lewis Rees-Samet, and uh, and Liam Williams fullback. So does that leave on the bench? Remind me. <laughs> If we if we got uh we said um Anscom. Anscom, uh, Anscom and Davis, Davis as half backs. Yeah, and then that we didn't would pick, leave. We 
we didn't pick uh, any Tompkins. You probably go Tompkins because he he's, he's useless in both positions. <laughs> he's clueless to twelve and thirteen, so he's ideal cover. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then um, it would be tricky for back three cover if you got both your fifteens on the pitch. So you probably have to go for whoever's left fit after that. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, you just. Yeah, Although that's uh, our three, isn't it? Two half backs. That's and it. Exactly. There's, there's yeah, no one it. else, anyway. So. No, not unless you're having four backs on the bench, which would be a uh, cavalier, to say the least. <laughs> um, fair enough. Uh, predictions, chaps. Dan. Wales by five. Murph. Um, well, look, they they were. Stuffed by England. Mm-hmm. Uh, could have been a lot more. As I, I've only seen highlights, so I couldn't say um, the detail. But according to Dan, they could have, been, could have been stuffed. So if they were in a position where they could have been stuffed by England, then we have to say we can beat them. Okay, I'm going Oz by three. Um, <laughs> but you know why? You know why? Because every time I every yeah. time I predict, I seem to be uh, I seem to be wrong. So yeah, you'll always you'll always get me uh, on the more pessimistic side and always predicting England will win the Grand Slam because then uh, inevitably the wheels come off. Um, and long may that continue. Right. Thanks to Dan. Thanks to Murph. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. And as always, a thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Uh, This has been the Attacking Scrum podcast. We'll be back next week to talk rugby with you. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.